Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined in the studio by Craig Berlin. Casey Keller is with us as well. We'll kick things off at Goodison. Everton taking on... Manchester City, and it'll be Everton who would take the lead in this tie. Harrison scoring from close range after Rodri gave it away. City, though, much more improved, certainly in front of goal in the second half. Uh, we'd see Foden make it 1-1. Then a controversial penalty, Craig. Handball for you? Yeah, I mean, even if we don't like it, but under the current laws, it's a penalty kick. Uh, Alvarez then would convert the spot kick, and then late on, Bernardo Silva making the most of a Pickford mistake. We'd see Manchester City get the victory by three goals to one. What that means is they move up to fourth in the table, for, for now at least, and they are five points adrift of Liverpool, but they do have a game in hand. We welcome to the show Mario Malkia uh, joins us. We'll be hearing from Mario in a moment. Craig, overall, this was much better from City. Wasn't that second-half performance compared to what we'd seen leading up to this tie? Yeah, I mean, they still made the mistake for the... Or, or three or four mistakes in, in, the one, in the one passage of play for that end up with Jack Harrison scoring. But... Bearing in mind Everton have been pretty good recently, the way they've played and the way they've harassed teams, the chances they created at Tottenham, but at Goodison, got the crowd behind them. City coming back after their trip to, to Saudi Arabia for the glorified friendlies. Uh, and, uh, you know, Sean Dyke said, look, they'll be ready for this. They need to pick it up. They need to pick it up again and they need to get going. And, and they did that in the second half. Now, Pickford, who shouted at everybody during the game, makes a mistake when it's 2-1, he makes that mistake, which he could have cleared first time, which Bernardo Silva has a great finish. But at 2-1, it's, even though Everton in the second half, there was only really the Calvert-Lewin challenge from the cross from the right, they weren't creating much, but at 2-1, they're hanging in there. Yeah. Right. They're at least hanging in to sneak maybe a point. We've seen Crystal Palace do it recently at the Etihad against City. So they have been vulnerable to that, but, but, but yeah, the, the mistake from the goalkeeper and the finish from Bernardo Silva to make it 3-1 just killed the game. And it's hard to argue that City, the way they played in the second half... Well, but that's a great moment. point, because even at nil-nil, it was all Man City. Well, that is for and the first 25 minutes, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. First 25 minutes, and then all of a sudden, Everton yeah. had that spell where they score. Then yeah. they get the goal. And that's what we're saying. You give yourself an opportunity to stay in a game. And Pickford had made two or three really nice saves yes. in the match, particularly in the first half. And so... Yeah, that's always frustrating. Who would ever want to be a goalkeeper? It's a terrible position. <laughs> oh, get the violins out. <laughs> well, I think some of the mistakes they made again with the, the touches with the kanji and, and yeah. Ake. But, you know, if you look at positives, they have, you know, obviously Haaland wasn't there, De Bruyne still wasn't there. They've got players to come back. But also, Phil Foden, if he can get a second half of the season, if he can get it going, yeah. uh, we know Bernardo Silva is such a consistently fantastic player. But I think Phil Foden can add, really can add some, some gold dust onto this team, and that's how good he is. Now, he has to do it consistent, consistently because there's, there's competition for places. But I also thought, I mean, Kyle Walker, I, I, you know, every time I see City play, to me, he's almost always their best defender. Uh, just even at his age, the pace, the power, the composure and the experience he has, 
and all scenarios is just great to see. What he allows them to do is to be able to be have that much higher line. You know they're going to have a ton of possession. They're going to then be able to get more players into play because they know that if it breaks down, you got one player in the pitch who has the pace to be able to get back in cover and, and, and allow you to have that many players in advanced positions. And the fact that they almost let him go in the summer. Yeah. Is kind of showing how important he is to this side. All right, from one quick defender to one slow defender. Oh, was that your link to Mario? <laughs> Blimey, hey, that's harsh. Oh, sorry. Oh, wow. Hey, Dan, Dan, Dan. Don't worry about it, it my friend. I've never been what? questioned about my pace. Don't worry about it. It was always. Hey, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Next to Kyle Walker. I don't know. <laughs> but hey, listen, it wasn't my time, but Car, I never had a problem with anybody. I mean, playing against Ronaldo never got done on pace. So that's oh, not bad. Yes. Hey, there you hey, go. There hey, you go. Hey, hey, hey. Hey. We've poked the beer now, yeah. haven't we? We've poked the beer. Uh, yeah. I'm just I'm saying, that. you know, I mean. <laughs> Mario, penalty and, or no I, penalty I, I, I for you? I, what do you say? A penalty. You know You know what the thing is? I think Crack said the right point. I think because we are living in that, that time now where we got to follow the rules, but it's just so uncomfortable. If you're a defender. How are you going to defend this? I, I know we can say like his hand was up there, but guys, come on. I don't want to think about when I want to stop or block a ball, thinking about where I'm going to put my arms. I just want to get to the ball and make sure it doesn't get kicked towards my goal. So I think that is the only question I have. But hey, like the rules are, there's not a lot I can do. I would just stand there and just have to take it on. Because if I get in the face of the referee, I probably get a yellow card. So I probably have to back off. What, what was interesting, no, because Casey, we watched the game together, yeah. is after it's everything, Craig's pacing around, yeah. like almost yeah. reenacting <laughs> where his hand would be as the, and, as the and, block. That, and that's Tamara's point, is, is <laughs> how are you going to have natural action? I mean, if you're jumping around and flying, you're, you're not doing it like this right. and trying to act. It's just, it's impossible. So I think the, the key, and, I, and, and it's been the issue that FIFA's had, is trying to find a level of consistency on what's going to be called and what's not going to be called. Because we all know in a week's time, that same thing could happen and it won't be called a penalty. Yeah. In the current guise of the laws, it's a penalty kick, right? Whether we like it or not. And, and there are a lot of conspiracies out there already, particularly mainly on social media, which we should... I don't really, know why you look at that. But we should really ignore. But this is the kind of people that were... were and there might be one or two of them watch this show. Who knows? Uh, that the referee, who did get surrounded to a certain extent by the City players, was influenced by that. But if you look closely at it, when the City players got round him a little bit, he was looking directly at his assistant Correct, yeah. for some help. So they worked together, whether we like it or not, uh, on that decision. Uh, look, what I'd like to see is the powers that be put everyone to the side in the summer. Don't, don't hmm. talk about offsides. Don't talk about how many subs there's going to be. Don't talk about all the other laws of the game changes and what they can and can't do. I'd like, I really like the powers that be to spend a whole summer, if they can be bothered, and figure out something better with the handball because I feel that's the one that we discuss more yeah. and there is more ambiguity around this law than any other in the game because we can get yeah. back into automated offsides and all the other stuff in the, law, in the laws. But when it comes to the handball, this is the greatest of grey. And, and <laughs> I don't think anybody has a definitive answer, yeah. but we yeah. have to get to a place where it is better than it is at the moment. 
away from away from that decision, as Craig mentioned, Phil Foden was excellent, of course, scoring the goal, just involved with everything that was good about City in that second half, Mario. How would you fancy trying to defend him when he's in this sort of form? I think I think Phil has that ability then um I, I I'm not sure if I mean I'm sure you guys have a remember- when uh, Rooney came up, you know, I, I always felt like you, sometimes you meet players that are aware of their surroundings. And I think Phil is one of those players. He sees things. He knows exactly where to pick up the ball. He knows exactly where he's dangerous. And I always say that, like, when when a player is good, it, it doesn't only come on the skill that he possesses, but it also comes down on, on the reading, like knowing exactly what to do. I remember playing against, for example, when I was playing against Rooney, Rooney would drop off and you would go like, why is he dropping off? Why doesn't he just go higher on the pitch and plays one against one? No, drop off because you could get on the ball. And Foden has the intelligence of being a young boy. And one thing is sticking to your belief because, guys, coming into the city t- uh, team, he was in and out in the beginner, and it was like a big question above his head. Will he be able to keep his calmness and wait for the right moment? Oh, he clearly did the, did the right choice for himself in waiting, and now he's part of the team, and now he's showing why he's so important. So I think it's a great player to watch, and I, the way he's playing now, okay, I hope when De Bruyne comes back, it won't affect his game too much in the sense of like playing. But I hope that he, and he already made a comment, he said, I'm learning so much from the guys like Silva. And I hope he just keeps on going because those are the guys that see the game, play the game in a way that I think that will suit him even better. I'm glad the heat map wasn't around when I was playing. <laughs> I'm presuming that arrow for the heat map meant that was the first half. I was a little bit confused, but there you go. There's was a big red arrow on there. If there'd been one so. when I was playing, it would just have been in the it, centre it's circle. When, it's when they're attacking. Is when they're attacking? Yes, throughout the game. Because oh, I was, I was, as Mario was talking, I was sort of gallantly looking at that heat map going, there's a big red arrow and I'm, and I'm a little confused. Anyway. Thanks for, for he, sharing he, that. Well, if I'm confused, yeah. then I would imagine other people are confused <laughs> as well. Because I'm not easily confused. Right, it's good. from today. Uh, good. Uh, uh, he's a great player. If we take a look at the odds for Manchester... Oh, no more heat maps. No more heat maps. No, for, with, with regards to the Premier League title race, uh, City are favourites. Uh, evens. Uh, then it's uh, Arsenal to Liverpool to Aston Villa. We were talking about this. You look at City's run, and, and, and every time we bring up City and their title chances, we talk about them going on one of their runs, as they've done over recent years. They've got Sheffield United. Now they've got Newcastle Away. They've got Burnley at home. They've got Brentford away. They've got Everton at home. It's a nice little run, isn't it? Well, that's only a five-game run. Well, 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 well do you want me to keep going? Is. Then you've got Chelsea. Well, then you've got Brent. Bournemouth. Well, and then you've got the Manchester <laughs> Derby. You want to expi- Well, no, because previously when they went on runs, it's been something like a dozen games. Yes. Right? Yeah. No, that's that's a that's a head start. You would you would imagine with that uh, that round of fixtures, you ju- you just never know. I mean, Newcastle. A little bit backs to the wall, up, and you, they might get a reaction for the manager. But, but yeah, I mean, I think they were making so many mistakes prior to this uh, Club World Cup that, and they have made mistakes in this game tonight, uh, which they've got away with. But I'm not convinced that they're going to just blow everybody away this year. Do you think they're going to do enough? And I do think it is important. And there's a counter argument to say, well, you know, last year it was just Arsenal and City and so they could look at each other. And But I think it's better that it, there's at least one more team in there and it's Liverpool. Villa or not? Villa won't. Villa better for who? For, for us? Yeah, most definitely. I think it's, for, better. it's not better for City. No, it's there's not another, better. There's another uh, runner in the race. It's not better for City. Uh, and indeed, uh, it's, it's probably... 
it's probably a good thing for Arsenal in terms of last year we were just looking at both teams and going right when, have I, when are Arsenal going to fall yeah. what's going to happen at yeah. least now everybody's going wow this could go anyway at the moment so I think it's really, really good for, for the neutral and for the Premier League. And I hope yeah. Villa stay up there. Yeah. I just don't think Casey... I, I, I don't see it. Right, right, Casey. Three yeah. holes race. Yep. Percentages. No, I think because of past... <laughs> because of past experience with Man City, I understand why the bookies put them okay. where they are. Uh, so Casey's percentages. Here we go. My percentages are probably 50%. Man City. Oh, really? That's strong. And then 25-25. 25-25. Like really? Yeah. That's quite I definitive. I think, I think they are the favourites because of simply what they've been able to do historically. And experience with yeah. play a part. Mario? I'll go. Um, mine will go with Liverpool. I called it last time, so I will stick with them. Beginning of the season, I had City. But I feel like, you know, um, Liverpool... Their mentality and the way they play, and, and I feel like City might drop. That's just what the crack just highlighted. I feel like all of them have moments of they, they, they can be beaten, and City never had that before. So that's one question I have. When it comes to Arsenal, I think as long as they keep Rice fit and keep him doing, I think he's the one, the missing link for them. So, But I still think Liverpool, you know, with the three new uh, midfielders, I will give them, what is it, 40%? Oh. And then uh, the rest will take the rest. I will split it. What is it? 40. Then I get 30, the other 30. one. So it's a 30, on. 30. 40, 40, 30, 30. I don't want to see yeah, it. 60, 60, 40. Hold on, I'll work it out. We've got a calculator on it. Don't worry, man. Don't worry. I, I, I knew when I was winning and when I was losing. Don't worry about it, Greg. <laughs> My master left. 40% city. Right. I agree. Yes. Slight favourites. History. Yep. Experience. 35%. Arsenal. Okay. And 25 Liverpool. Okay. All right. Good stuff. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Chelsea just about got across the line, beating Crystal Palace by two goals to one. It'd be Mudrik who would open the scoring for Pochettino's side. Elise though with a nice finish late on in the first half would equalise. And it looked like it was going to be enough to finish 1-1. Uh, Mudweke though would win the penalty and then convert it as Chelsea would take the win. How would you sum up this game? I sum this up by... It's a very similar scenario to Manchester United, whereas they just needed... And they did yesterday, albeit it was a slightly different scenario. Chelsea needed, and Pochettino needed to get a result. Mm. And they got it. Yeah. That apart, and we can talk about the youngsters and all that, but you're not getting medals for, for, for blood and youngsters and saying, right. oh, I'm blood and youngsters. And because, you know, this is the future. Well, it's not, you know, we're not, it's not 
Jamal Musiala. It's not Jude Bellingham. It's not, you know, it's not Vinicius Junior. We don't know if these youngsters are going to be great or not. So it's a choice thing if you want to play and have this young side, which they did. But they were made, for me, Chelsea that is, were made to, to look extremely mediocre by a poor Palace side, particularly in the second half. Every time we looked up, we had a couple of games on, every time we looked up and were watching, was Palace going on the attack? Was Palace going on the attack? Yeah. Was Palace looking dangerous, particularly with Elise, who got the goal, looked dangerous in the second half. It was Mateta running through, and Chelsea were struggling. They had the odd one with the ball over the top, where yeah. they almost got in, and, and, and Pochettino saying, well, we created a lot of chances. No, not really. So this was one that boiled down to it looked like Palace were going to win it. It looked like there was going to be more pressure on the Chelsea manager. And a rush of blood from Eze on the edge of the box. The penalty kick comes in. They score it. They win the game. They get the three points. That apart, not a lot else changed. Mario, do you agree? Yeah, I, I think, look, Chelsea's not at a place where we're going to see great football, you know what I'm saying? And I, I don't think the way he sets up the team as well. It was like, uh, Craig highlighted one point that I really agree with, is a sense of like, they wanted a re uh, result. Okay, look, if you put Madsen, Madsen is not the guy that's like, he went from left back, then he went to left forward. So, uh, I looked at him in the summer. He was playing that position because more likely the team that you're watching now, and Cuckoo and Jackson, they were playing in the summer as well when they were starting. Uh, um, Mudrik was playing up front as well. And now watching this team, it's almost similar to it. But the thing was that you don't, Palace never used to come to the bridge and be that confident. And they mm. were too confident. And that is the only question. Like when I was watching, I was like, why are they so confident? And then you could see the movement that he made, Poch. He took out uh, Cobble. Because he was playing against Olise. We, if you were watching the game, you just don't want a 1v1 of Coburn and Olise. That's what I was watching. And what comes, the ball goes over the top, he controls it, he scores. Then when he put uh, Malagusto against him, it was a different game because I think Malagusto had a good game. Today, you understand, he even set up the first goal. But overall, when you saw his play, he put him from right to left and the kid could handle both sides. And he already said it before. I mean, I, uh, I remember when the season kicked off, um, I had a quick chat with him uh, at preseason, and he said that left and right didn't matter to him. And he literally showed it today. But away from that, Jackson is making it really tough. Today I watched him, and he's yeah. making it very, very hard for himself. I think he needs to, like, the competition is there, and in Kunku, I think this, if we, I mean, I know uh, Poch said it too, he needs time. And I know time is really the difficult part. But Nkunku, I like what he's doing. And I hope he just keeps progressing. But for Jackson, he needs... Uh, I don't know. I've never Mario, been a striker. Have you, Mario, have you, seen, have, you, have you seen anything from Jackson that makes you think, yes, he can play at this level? He, he has the speed and the power. But he doesn't have the calmness in his head that I feel a proper striker need. And he's he's not an old guy that he's like, we could say like, oh, he's still got time. But the only thing he needs to work on is the calmness. Because if we have the ultimate strikers that we looked at that played for Chelsea, you understand? Like I give an example, my time was a Hasselbank, a Drogba. You know, those guys were calm. When they come in front of the goal, they will not, you know, like things like, when you get one opportunity, sometimes they will fall out with you if you don't give them the ball. And he, get himself to that level because afterwards people are going to start thinking like should I give it to him or do, should I finish it myself and I don't want him to be in that position because strikers never want to be in that position 
It's quite the comparison, Hasselbank well, and Drogba. Well, Mario, I want to say why Crystal Palace came into Stanford Bridge with so much confidence. Because they didn't see Hasselbank, Drogba, Essien, yeah. Makaleli, Balik. Yeah. Uh, the list say, say Malkiot as well. Yeah, say well, Malkiot. Oh, and Melchior. Yeah, um, and, and so when <laughs> you know, and so when they have the you know this is we talked about it in the summer during the friendlies. This is not a Chelsea squad that you're used to seeing in years past. That I played against. That Mario played for. Craig played against. Played for. It, that it, it's it's a squad that doesn't necessarily strike fear into you. Mm. And. Unfortunately for me, I look at this Chelsea squad and I see mid-table. It's not a squad that's going to be challenging. When you look at Man City's squad, you look at you know, the teams up at the top. It's, it's, it's not there yet. There's a lot of work to be done. Why does he keep playing everyone out of position? Like, it, it's something that Mario touched on. He just doesn't seem to be able to have his set team. And I understand injuries have influenced that, but he seems to be overcomplicating. He's got a lot of, he has got a lot of injuries, to be fair, but... Uh, and people out of form, and Thiago Silva probably both, you know, mm. lost form and needs a rest, you know, with all the games. Caldwell's <laughs> a centre-half playing, playing left-back, and, and a, and a centre-half who could go on to have a very good career. He's a pretty good player. Uh, but I don't think, and I think when you see him defending the back post there, it wasn't great, you know, the decision-making. And people say, well, you should be able to do that as a defender, but it's different defending the back post as a full-back than it is as a centre-half because you've got different <clears> decisions to make. As a centre-half, you're in there already and you're, you're looking for your striker. As a, as a full-back, it's a decision. Do I tuck in to help or do I stay and watch what's behind me? That's when you've got to think about it. So he's got all these decisions to make. But if he's, partic if he's really honest about today's performance, it's one that we got a result. Because if you ask the Crystal Palace manager, who is clinging on by, by his fingertips, he would say, well, I'm struggling to find reasons why we lost that game because we actually played well. Yeah. So I kind of think it's where Chelsea are at the moment. There's not a game in the Premier League, and I include the bottom three or four, where Chelsea would play them and you go, that's a, that's a cast-iron result. They're going to win that one. They're, just, they're nowhere near that place at the moment. Uh, just a reminder, plenty of, of reflection on what we've seen over the festive period over on our YouTube channel. Be sure to go over to ESPN FC and subscribe. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled, and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Uh, no surprise, Manchester United's comeback victory against Aston Villa dominating the back page of the English newspapers uh, today. It is Hoyland who is on the back, of course, getting his first uh, Premier League goal. But Garnacho, of course, getting the two goals which led to that comeback. This is what you had to say after the game. I wanted to try and take control of things. I said we just needed one goal to get back into it. I got that first one. It was offside. But as I said before, we never give up. So it was a case of scoring the first goal and keeping on pressing. It's one of the best days of my life. He's only 19, so he hasn't had many of them, but still, it's, it's a nice one to remember. It's amazing, though, that, you know, and, and take nothing away from, from Hoyland. He's a youngster, but 
you know, I was thinking about it when we finished yesterday, and in some sense, it's his job. Yeah. It, it, you know, to score goals. It, and they didn't, they didn't pay buttons for him. They paid a fair amount of money for him. Mm. Now, <clears throat> people will say, well, as a youngster, he's this. It's, it's gone Christmas before he scored his first Premier League right. goal. I mean, it's, it's... I was going to try and steer the conversation about Garnacho and how important he could be moving yeah. forward. No, no, well, uh, well, the pay, well, 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 the headlines all were, were all... Yes, well, and then I mentioned the fact that Garnacho scored well, two and then the read his quote. Up, and well, then don't you put d- the papers up there. Well, it was just a reference point to get us to the quote, which you weren't listening to clearly because you decided to make a Hoyland point. The quote was way too long. Say again? The quote was way too long. I thought that was the problem, yeah. Whenever, it was... it's, whenever it's more than a couple of lines, yes. you switch off to Yeah. Uh, how good and how important could Garnacho be for United, Mario? Very. I think uh, when we watch the game, the, the goodness about, about this young kid is uh, his will and his hard working and, and the way he wants to uh, achieve and, and play even better every time. And the, the key thing now comes down is like, Imagine you have the balance right. Eh? You have a uh, Garnacho and a Rashford. Then you got to worry about two players. Because if you only have Garnacho, I think that's kind of they can isolate it. And they did that before. You know, close him down and he calms down. And I'm not talking about, you know, people who highlight bicycle kicks. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a player that when you only have one left-sided player and you only have to worry about them. The team can hang over to that side and defend there, and you can shut them down. But when you have two guys going out, and I think when you saw you know, the goals that he scored, even the ones that he was offside, you could see the pace of Rashford, and then him being on the opposite side, together, they can really bring you in trouble. And I think that's why now I think he's exposing himself, and I think also his confidence is rising. You know, when you're that young and you're playing that good, that's what you need. You need to score goals. You need to feel confident. And a stadium like that size, I think it's a great place to, to, to be at the moment for him to score goals because his team really need it. Because, like, you tapped into Holland even, you know. It's, it's a sad part of paying that much money for a young kid and that much pressure. But it's that difficult because we expect the best. When you come to that team and it's the same, anything, but that kind of money... And playing for Man United is a sad part, but people expect the goodness of you. And that's what Garnacho is doing. Do you know who's really annoying me right now? It's not you two. Okay. That's a first. Oh, yeah, well, wow. you, you, it's a starting But point. you're on the edge. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, Casey, you're on the edge. Annoying should be your middle name. Right. Go, I, tell you who is, I, I tell you who is really annoying. And this is leading into the Garnacho. is Jaden Sancho. And, and i tell you why. Is... Jaden Sancho, unless we've got the whole thing wrong, is completely out of the picture because he's got a petted <laughs> lip and he won't apologise for his wrongdoings because he feels he's been wronged by a manager who's in charge. And here we have this guy who's on huge money, who had a huge transfer. He's got a talent, not seen a lot of it in England. He's sitting on his backside, twiddling his thumb, wasting his career, watching a youngster, yeah. watching a youngster go out there and help carry one of the biggest clubs in the world on his shoulders and his manager who's under pressure. A young kid who you could argue is not more talented than Jaden Sancho, who is certainly not more experienced than Jaden Sancho. We're talking about a guy who's an England international. But yet this guy's gone out there. He's gone, Anthony, Rashford, Sancho, part your backside. I'll show you. That would, if I was a professional, I'd be sat, I wouldn't be sat at home happy about that. I'd be sat at home embarrassed with myself yeah. that I'm sitting watching a kid do what he's done, not, all, not every week, not every game. But Mario mentioned it, that marvellous uh, bicycle kick, the goals yesterday, 
just his enthusiasm for the game, whether he plays well or no. And then the other side of the coin, we got the petted lip, sat at home, doesn't even want to help out. There's the difference between people who want to get out there and make a difference. And this is yeah, the Ten Hag one. Go on, Mario. Yeah, but don't you think, you know what, Craig? When we're in this situation, are we not happy as a player? When we see the other one being in trouble, that gives us the opportunity and more time to develop our skill. I think that's what's helping Gagnaccio at the moment. Don't you agree that he has more time, like how you highlighted it? He has so much more time and, and so much more to expose himself to that team and say, like, I want to be the most important player in this side. And, yeah, I don't, I don't understand, man, why he's doing that. Because Sancho, guys, if we go back, this was a kid. Oh, when he came from Dortmund to, to Manchester, it was like... No one would even think about it. He came even in the national team. We're like, wow. And that he does not want to do that? Uh, yeah, I'm surprised too. He's killing his own career. He's not killing the team. He's killing his own career. Mm. I mean, Ganacho shouldn't even be near. I don't mean that's in a bad way. Right. But when, when this youngster looked at the start of the season, when he sat down and, and at home and was just about to go to his first day of preseason training, he went, my God, Marcus Rashford off his best season ever. Yeah. Anthony cost a fortune. Jaden Sancho, oh, how, how am I going to get a game? And yet, here he is superseding them all. That kind of tells you where he is and also where they are. Right, and, and given like the atmosphere at Old Trafford, how toxic everything has been, sure. he could have hidden quite easily, couldn't he? But he seems to be, despite his age, someone who's saying, right, come on, give me the ball, I want to help. Well, it's about taking advantage of opportunities that are given to you. Yeah. Now, the opportunity was given to him with an amount of time that Mario referenced, because there isn't a Jaden Sancho training hard every day, coming on as a sub and doing well and putting you under pressure. You almost have been given this benefit of, son, just go out, play well, well-ish, work hard, and you're going to be first person on the list. Yeah. And then you add to that spectacular goal here and there, good goals to help pull yourself back from a 2-0 hole at home when the pressure is mounting. And all of a sudden, you're becoming something that there wasn't the pressure on you from the start to become, where there was on Jaden Sancho, and he couldn't handle it. He's got two players in Hoyland and, and Sancho who were the headline makers, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Garnacho, uh, who were the headline makers yesterday. And he, as a manager, he, he doesn't know what the end product is going to be when he puts them on the field. But what he does know is they're going to run around, well, they're going to work hard, they're yeah. going to close down, and in Hoyland's case, he's going to be a nuisance of himself right. with the centre-halves, and he's going to be physical. At least he knows there's a starting Here, point he's going to get. But Craig, yeah. here's the part that I don't understand anymore. Why is that a topic? Right. You're a field player. That should be a given. Yeah, that yeah. should be a yeah. given that you but should be. But club. it's not anymore, and that's well, the it's problem. Not, it's not at that club at the right. moment. You know, when yeah. you put Rashford, with all respect, he played better yesterday. When you put Rashford and Martial and one or two others in the field, but let's not... He's it's not, a coin toss. He's not only worrying the manager about what performance and what mistakes they might make, he's worrying if they're, if they're going to even break sweat and he's going to have to take them off at half-time. Yeah. It's just not a good yeah. place to be. So at least he has some players, and in all, in all fairness, Bruno Fernandes, I, I'm on about him as much as anybody. He's a frustrating player at times. He at least works hard. You know, he at least he at least puts some. He's work. committed. Yeah, I mean, he, 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 he's frustrating a lot of the times, but he's a talent and he's committed, and he generally doesn't hide. Right, he does a lot of frustrating things, but with the others, 
you know, those two youngsters, it's hard work, it's graft, but yesterday it wasn't only that, it was end product. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> of course, uh, end of the year, it's time for a reflection. Mark Ogden with his... Uh, Happy disposition has given us his <laughs> most disappointing... No, don't do the you smiling the... picture. Oh. Put the miserable one. Uh, this is the disappointing 11. There's four from uh, United. Chelsea well represented uh, as well. Um, I, I saw this. I thought, kind of went, yep. Yeah, and I suppose you could go through a few other teams if you wanted to yeah. go down, but you're going for the big hitters, I think. Yeah. If we go through it, you know, uh, Reese James, uh, uh, that, I think... There's a huge concern for him about fitness. Yeah. It's, there's been so yeah. many injuries. Eric Dyer clearly doesn't fight. I think Guardiola is a little unfortunate. Not that he's in the tide, <laughs> it's about, about where uh, his manager has played him. Yeah. He's played you might him, have to keep that graphic up, by the way, Tommy. He's played, about, he's played <laughs> him at left back and, uh, and, and, and he's exposing him. And I've already forgotten. Yeah, I knew that was coming. I've already forgotten the names. Get that graphic back up. Press the button, Tom. Press the button. There is a God. There is a God. This is the geriatrics day out. Right? We've got memory problems. Now, Calvin Phillips has talked. There's been. I saw some talk about Newcastle. Right. He needs. That would make sense. Yeah, he needs a move. Needs to move. But also, he was had a lot of questions on fitness as well. But well, of course, when Guardiola. And by the way, that's Enzo. Fernandez. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In case people thought it was brutal. No, and then obviously the move from Chelsea, Mason Mount didn't hasn't paid off. And then no. clearly, you know, Onana just has not. Yeah. Yeah, this is Premier League before people start shouting about Inter yeah, and so, so that's, I mean, and that's, that's the tricky part. When you bring in a new goalkeeper for a lot of money, the expectation is, you know, that they're supposed to be a more steadying factor. And that clearly hasn't been the case in the struggling <laughs> Man, you could have put Martial in there, I suppose. There's an argument for a oh, Why did Oggy not just put the Man United 11 in? Yeah, <laughs> just, just, be, just be done with it. Uh, just a reminder extra time is available every single day over on our YouTube channel. We'll be back to answer some of your questions. Uh, be sure to check it out. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. A couple of good games for you on Thursday. It's uh, Arsenal against West Ham. And interestingly enough, both teams are in exact the same form coming into this tie. If you look over the last seven matches, they've won five out of the last seven. So how does that influence 
everybody's predictions uh, going into this match. Arsenal are going to win it and uh, going to win it by two goals. I say three goals. There we are then. Um, overall, why don't we think West Ham are going to put up much? Uh, I think clearly we know what the game that West Ham will play. It'll be a, a compact, deep, sitting in game, looking to hit <laughs> on the counter-attack, which they've been very good at recently with, with Kudas, uh, Jarrod Bowen and, and Pakita. Uh, however, you know, hitting the likes of Man United on the counter and hitting Arsenal is two different scenarios. Because yeah. we have a rock-solid defence. Well, we have a very good defence with arguably a weak left-back in Zinchenko uh, and Declan Rice, the midfielder of the season, in front of him. So I, I just think that Arsenal will eventually break them down and they'll snuff out West Ham on the counter because I think they're a very compact side, Arsenal, very organised. And I just think they're going to be too good uh, in yeah. every facet, in every department for this West Ham side, particularly at home. Yeah, yeah, you agree, Mario? Yeah, this, uh, you know, look, derbies are always special, but I think, um, like Greg said, yeah, I think Arsenal got too much. I think this season, it comes down to, we always talk about them and saying, like, or they need that little, that little, you know, maneuver in themselves in the sense of like that fighting spirit. And I, I highlighted it in the beginning of the show when I said like um, when Rice went there, I thought that was a missing link. And for them to now face West Ham, I think they they are a couple of steps ahead of them for them to even be able to. I think they will give them the toughness in the beginning because Moises always sets his team up. I don't want to lose, but away from that, eventually it will come out. And we saw it even tonight with some uh, certain teams. But eventually they're going to come out and Arsenal is a step too far for them in, in the sense of breaking them down. Let's talk about your former club, shall we then, Casey? Tottenham in action against Brighton. Our Tottenham-loving producer wanted to start off with taking a look at all the injuries that they have. Get, get the violin out. Uh, Romero, of course, the latest uh, to join that list, uh, is out for at least I'm, I'm, a month. I'm surprised he did, I'm surprised that wasn't the first thing that popped up in the show when it just started. Just start the show, Spurs' his injuries. Not even an intro about who's on the show, just the injuries. <laughs> uh, so what does that mean for everybody's predictions? Let's take a look. It should be a great game, shouldn't it, on the south coast of England. Uh, Craig and Casey going for a draw. Meanwhile, myself and Mario believe it's going to be a Spurs yeah. win. Why are you going against your old club, Casey? I'm not going against my... Well, you clearly are. It's not... No faith. <laughs> Don't like Australia. Never no faith. No faith. Never <laughs> confuse what you think is going to happen and what you want to happen. Oh, okay. All right, um, then. But, no, I just think it's... Uh, it's Brighton's, again, continues for me to overachieve. And at home, Spurs have come out of their little funk with a couple good victories, albeit... Got pushed a little harder against Everton than maybe they should have. So I just think Brighton is 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 a class act at home, and I think they're gonna. It's gonna be an open game, and I don't think Tottenham can grind out a one-nil result on the road. Of course, you would go for a draw because you love both of these managers. Well, my explanation for uh, my two-two prediction is yes. slightly simpler. In cases, I tell you why. Because producer Mike, the, the Tottenham <laughs> loving fan, yep. rang me for a prediction. So to avert a long uh, and an odious, boring conversation about this game and the injuries, I went two two and put the phone down. <laughs> right, that was it. That was it. Got him off the phone. Job done. Oh. Right. And that's about uh, it, really. Uh, Mario, why do you think Spurs are going to do it? I think it's still too early, and I uh, feel like, in the sense of like Spurs. They have it. They always come. He always comes with some answers, and, and and I feel like this is going to be one of those games again that he's going to come with the right answer. And both managers, they're going to try to play each other out, tactical way and the way the Serbi. I like his stubbornness, 
And, and you know, like uh, Postecoglou has similarities in that because they're both very stubborn. But I still think um, Spurs will have an answer to that. And regardless of, okay, the biggest loss, I think, what we saw when he came back in the team was Romero. And for him not again to be involved, it will going to be a big miss. So they're probably looking forward, but he's not going to be ready yet. But Van der Ven for getting him back in the team. He said uh, he's looking at uh, mid-January. So away from that, nah, Spurs got a little bit too much. I am looking forward to see Son in action. You always say to me, you know, you love those two managers as if that's some sort of left-field opinion about... Roberto De Zerbi and Ange Post. No, not at all, but you, but you do love both of these hands, so it's no I, I, surprise you went for a draw because you couldn't choose. It's Sophie's choice between your two loves. I mean, De Zerbi and Postacoglu. something not to enjoy about the way these two go I, about it? Did I, I wasn't saying it's a criticism. I'm saying it was... Well, it, it came across that way. <laughs> it's an assessment. That you, you love both I, of these feel, managers. I feel criticised. Do you? Actually... <laughs> so I was going to move on. It's going to be so difficult to remark- game to watch tomorrow. <laughs> Say again? Well, they'll both be on. Because... No, oh, actually, you're annoying, you're annoying me. Get on with it. Uh, it is a goalkeeper frenzy tomorrow as Casey oh, and Shakir will be here in studio alongside Kay. Uh, be sure to join them as they'll be talking about both of those big matches. Uh, Vitor Roque has uh, joined Barcelona. 40 million euro fee for the 18-year-old from Brazil. Uh, he's been signed to give a little bit of competition to Lewandowski. He's a bit like, he's only little though, he's only five foot eight. Where are they getting the money for this? I was going to say, where did that come from? I, I don't know. I'm don't, I haven't gone through the accounts to work it out, have I? Well said. Is there any more? Well uh, La Liga then, back with you uh, in the new year. All starts January the 2nd. Uh, January the 3rd certainly catches the eye, doesn't it? With Real Madrid against Mallorca, followed by Girona against Atleti. And then on the 4th, Barca away against Las Palmas. Uh, meanwhile, the U.S. international Johnny Cardoso will be going to Real Betis. It's a six million uh, euro fee that sees him signed from International. He'd been impressed seeing the scouts in Brazil and be looking to continue that fine form. Uh, the 22-year-old then will be playing in Seville. Uh, Football America's special looking back uh, 2023 available now on ESPN+. A triple header for you in the championship on Friday. We go to the south coast of Mary. Southampton taking on Plymouth Argyle, followed by Coventry against Swansea. A big game for two teams looking to catch Ipswich and Leicester at the top of the table as West Brom entertain Leeds. Uh, that is it. That brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you very much for joining us. Be sure to stay tuned, though, as Mario is back. Obviously, Craig is here. Casey as well to answer your questions for extra time. Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. Mario is here, Casey as well, Craig Burley again. Do you know how we started the the main live show with uh, Mario talking about the, how he man marked Ronaldo? Yes. Yeah. Which nobody asked him. Right. He brought up. <laughs> it's not you know about nobody asking him. It's about just telling the truth. There you are. But can I just ask you? You were as you were patting yourself in the back. Which Ronaldo was it? <laughs> it was Ronaldo as a peak of his career, Cristiano. Yeah, which one? And if you know about speed, oh, Cristiano speed. No. Man, if you don't know about speed, wait, 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 slow down. Tell me who was your cricket player in your career. I tell you what, I. How old you... do you think Mario is? <laughs> Hold on, what, shut up. <laughs>
When you when you can man mark the the proper Ronaldo out the game, come back and see me. Oh, what? What? Frank. We 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 were talking about pace, but you want to te tell me that you marked the proper Ronaldo and you handled him. No, I tell you how I tell you how frightened he was. He went to the other side of the field. Yeah, yeah. Brazil, Brazil Scotland. He never even come over to my side. What happened in that game, Craig? Well, that's irrelevant. <laughs> okay, that, that, that's why. Hey, look, look. Hey, uh, um. But even how okay. old I think he is. <laughs> Which Ronaldo? Oh, he was playing in '98, Mario. Uh, he, was, he was only little, Mario. You were playing in '98. No, when when Ronaldo was playing here, I was still in the U team, but he was already in the first team at PSV. So there I came go. to the stadium to watch him. Uh, is Craig going to set the record for the most consecutive appearances on the show? You have been on quite a lot, haven't you? Have I? Yeah. I th well, so this person certainly noticed. I felt it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you feeling bruised? Uh, oh, it's all right. I'm off tomorrow. That's so am I. Oh, God. <laughs> what timing that was. I'm off tomorrow. Uh, Mario. What? Hold on, there's a question here. What? No. Is Craig going to, you know what I mean? I think we don't know what the Are record you going is. To or not? I don't know. What is it? Yeah, exactly. It's an irrelevant point. Uh, for all, uh, I'll start with you, Mario. Did you ever feel the referees favoured certain teams? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. When you look, you don't feel it so much when you on a, but on a on a so-called smaller team. Oh my God! You sometimes go to him. Why are you not blowing both ways? And I definitely had that. Playing, I gave an example when I was at Birmingham, when I was at Wigan. I I, I definitely felt it sometimes, and I hated it. But hey, you just got to deal with it and get on with it. Casey, did you what, feel it? What was the? There was a statistic where Manu didn't concede a penalty at home for like 10 years or something. Back in the day, yeah. And obviously, clearly, when you were playing for a Leicester City or something like that, you were like, you know, and you, 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 you thought that it. there was a penalty decision at Old Trafford and you went, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. There's a reason why they haven't conceded a penalty here in 10 years. Some sort of conspiracy at the moment and in Scotland, Rangers, I don't know what the exact stat is, haven't, ha haven't had a penalty against them. Mm. A home or away for a certain amount of games. Right. So you can imagine. Did you feel it when you felt for, when you were playing for Celtic that maybe you got the rub of the green from referees? No, not particularly. Uh, maybe we did, but I did feel on the other occasion there was one. I think I've talked to you this before. Uh, one referee in particular that the boys felt was was always going to be tough for us when he was refereeing. I might be wrong, uh, and certainly in England, I think I remember one game Derby West Ham. And I think it was Neil Barry. It was a ref, and I just didn't think he was a very good ref. I don't think he was against us. He just wasn't. He was just making a lot of bad decisions, in my view. And so, <laughs> oh my God, I spent the whole game. I bet I literally, I literally didn't play the game. I just spent the whole game trying to have a fight with him. Right. You know, basically. Yeah, so you yeah. get it. Sometimes you get it in your well, head. You right. And then, yeah. and sometimes you can't see it as a player. So I sit back now yeah. and I think, you know what? What the referees were doing probably wasn't as bad as what I thought it was. Well, I think you. Yeah, I felt it at the time. I think you had already <coughs> left Chelsea, and I'm not sure Mario was there yet. Was that after Leicester? Yeah, no, yeah. Leicester. There's an FA. Yeah, there's an FA Cup game where there was a dive. Right. And we ended up losing 2-1 at Stamford Bridge. Oh, you're Bridge. talking about Erlen Jones? Yeah. Yeah, I was away then. Yeah, and and that's when. Well, it was a dive, you, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Big, it was a big it was a dive. Half dive. Yeah, and this was yeah. at Stamford Bridge. It was at Stamford right. Bridge, so and, you always... and you're kind of like, okay, there you go. Was well, that not? Yeah. But, that, but see, again, is, are we talking about 
I, I think we should differentiate this, right? And I'm being serious. I think there might be the odd occasion where there is a bias somewhere, but I'm telling you, 99.9999% of the time, it's nothing more than poor officiating. Yeah. Mm. Particularly before all the VAR. Well, I think I think that's where VAR has really helped, particularly in mm. dives and things like that, where they can go back. And now that game you're talking about, the yeah. FA Cup game. Yeah. I, I even though I, I've seen the the, right. the the replay of it. I think it's just you know there's a yeah. lot of bodies. It's poor officiating. Right. Somebody's made it. They've thought that, and they've given. And now, but unfortunately these days, particularly with all the uh, social media platforms, these conspiracy theories just grow <laughs> arms and legs. Yeah. Stop going on social media. <laughs> but most people do. Well, you don't have yeah. that's, that's where these things grow tentacles. It's not actually the case. Well, you're helping grow them. It's not actually the case. The case is we, are, we have a, a, a current crop of people that are making a lot of mistakes. And I think that's more relevant than, than any bias. Okay, Mario, was there a limit to how much food you were allowed to eat during the holidays when you were a player? No, I never had that. I was fortunate that um, I never, I was never built in the sense of putting on a lot of weight. But I definitely right. played with some players on my team that <laughs> had that problem. <laughs> so name names, season, Mario. Name names, okay. One of my buddies, for example, Hasselman. When the season would kick off, <laughs> he would do two day, two weeks, and I, I use it now myself because now I'm not a young boy anymore. But you put a dustbin back on and you just carry on for like a week or something or two weeks and you sweat more and you break yeah. all that, you know, extra weight off. So when the season would kick off, for example, when we were at Chelsea, he would go to me, he goes, man, you don't need that bag like me, so leave me alone. Because I will make jokes about it. I said, why you got that bag on again? And he goes, leave me alone. I'll speak to you soon. <laughs> and I go, come on, take it off. And he goes, no, I got to put it on. I got to put it on. I got to break it off. And then when the league kicks off, he was yeah. fit every season. And so the dust big, it's been my friend. And nowadays, you know, sometimes I put it on myself. Wow, Mario, you've got to send me a picture of that. People want to see you in your dustbin bag. You don't see it, it's under my t-shirt, so you'll never oh, see it. Oh, you can be wearing so it now. The trouble, is, the trouble is, it's actually been debunked, that theory. Oh, no. Well, Mario says it works. Yeah, but he's not oh. the brightest. Wow. I'm good at it too. I'm good well, at you it. Too. Big one. Well, you got a big one. You know what? Like Graham Roberts, uh, Kerry Dixon was with Kerry, I love Kerry. And I was a younger guy when, when Kerry was in England International. He was one of the main strikers in, in England at the time. And Kerry was well known. He wasn't really overweight. Robbo used to come back, Graham Roberts, former Tottenham Chelsea Rangers player, and Robbo <laughs> Robbo would be overweight. But Kerry would want to lose a few pounds. And he'd put the dustbin bags on and yeah. we used to train with wet tops. Mm -hmm. We put the wet tops on. And basically Kerry wouldn't do a lot of running, so he put an extra wet top on. Well, just explain what a wet top is. It's like a cagoule. Like a wet, you know, it would make you sweat. Right. Oh, I, don't, okay. I, don't, I, I don't know how to... Yeah. It's almost like a, like a wetsuit. Oh, sure. you put like a wetsuit on? Yeah. Uh, anyway. And it's been debunked because all you're doing is actually you're losing water. Okay. And yeah. then you're rehydrating. Right. So you're not actually... So, but, but, it, but it looks good on the scale. But, but, so that gives you a yeah. little mental... Yeah. Jockeys, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think of yeah. jockeys. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you players would put it on because we didn't have the information they have now. We, you know, we... 
weird. It was modern stuff, but not not what they have now with the sports science. And players would put all these things on, and I, I know, you know, and you run and you do this, and then you, your your t-shirt under your training top underneath all this when you took it off would be soaking wet, mm. and you'd be like, and you go in the scales and go. Magnificent. Yeah. Seven pounds in a day. Seven yeah. pounds in a day, I'm on the right road. Right? Yeah. You get home, have some drinks, have some food, come back in the next day. Yeah. And go. Oh, half a pound. But, so it's actually the yeah. water. But I, but I think the time when you get, as you get older and your metabolism changes, yes. you're always kind of making those little recognitions like, okay. oh, I can't eat what I could eat at 20. So back to the question, like at fest yeah. festive period, you could eat a lot more when you were younger. Well, no, for, absolutely. And then you just, and then, and yeah. then, I mean, when injuries come into play or you're not in the first team or training schedules are different, yeah, you just get older, hopefully, and wiser. And then you learn to moderate a little more. It's like when Gaza used to go in the uh, the sauna when he was at Rangers before a Champions League game. They were playing Juventus, and McCoy's caught him in the sauna, and he, he said, "I'm just trying to lose weight." Two hours before the game, and, <laughs> and he said to him, "You're going to dehydrate yourself for playing yeah. two hours." But that was the sort of mindset. What you're in a sauna two hours before a game? When are you? When have you ever seen me in the ESPN gym? With a bin bag on myself. No. I've never seen you in the ESPN no, gym. Oh, I have, Casey. There's the starting I've point. I've seen him. Oh, okay. It's it's like the angriest man in the world. <laughs> he's got a As towel over the screen, so he doesn't know how far he's done and what he's doing. As expected. And he just, yeah. no, there's no music, nothing. Right. Just oh. his own thoughts. Focus. And anger. <laughs> anger. No, I'm not, honestly, I've got a little small towel, big towel in there for, anyway, I'll spill the details. Small towel over the thing. I cannot see the time. Yeah. And I keep being, I'm on, okay. the, on the electrical. Right. right. right Non-weight burn. Yeah. And I keep saying, if I lift it up now and it's not, uh, yeah, it yeah. doesn't say like 30 minutes I'm going to be gutted. But I'm, I'm, I'm just focused and I'm thinking, who am I going to ever yeah, go yeah. at in the show later? But, but then, but then when he's, if he listened to the music I listen to. Oh yeah, the heavy how, rock. How I think that would be good. He would be. He'd be a really angry But man. then when he's into it, he's like there every day. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. It's been a while, right. obviously. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> For Craig, was it backwards day at ESPN FC on Christmas Eve? Dan was acting like the Grinch and Craig was acting like Santa. Craig was as positive as Mario is every day. Yeah. So, oh, we're about to do the show. Okay. And then Craig looks like he's fallen into a Christmas tree okay. and comes back in all dressed up, all happy about Christmas. And I was like, where on earth has this come from? And that's all I had to hear about for the whole show. Trying to do a show and he's banging out. Happy Craig. Well, yeah, he's but, back. Yeah, well, yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you knew it was going to be back. It was an upside down day. <laughs> upside down day, yeah. Do you know what? You know what? You know the thing is with this place? Sorry, what's you know, you know with this place? This place. This place. This place, yes. This place. Yeah, this place. ESPN. Yeah, this place. Yep. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right. Oh, he's sitting there, he's miserable. Oh, he's having a go at so-and-so. Oh, he's having a go and go. Oh, he's happy today. Oh, he's happy today. I know it's not many days. Yeah, I know. That's quite the anomaly. Once every leap year. Yes. Uh, Casey, what's your thoughts on Turner? Is oh, he... by the way, is he back from Holland yet? No, he's still in Holland. Longest. He's still in Amsterdam. Longest he? holiday in history. There you are. With his family, <laughs> eating food, loving life. Casey, what's your thoughts on Turner? Is he consistent enough to be a starting keeper well, in the Premier League? There's the big question, right? And, and you can only become a consistent player in the Premier League by becoming a consistent player in the Premier League. Well, he had his chance at Forest, well, didn't he? Well, but he, he had his chance. He got dropped. He's come back into the squad now. Can he build off the last performance? Because everybody understands that a goalkeeper is going to make the odd mistake. So, But what you have to do is when you make the odd mistake, is it six games, eight games, 10 games, 12 games mm -hmm. before the next. And then in that period, have you had two or three games 
that fans, teammates, coaching staff goes, wow, that save made a difference. Right. Those three saves made a difference in mm -hmm. us getting a result that day. Now, that's all you can do. It can't be good match, iffy match, okay. bad yeah. match, because then there's a point when they're starting to question and somebody else is going to be given the opportunity. Well, he's going to find out, he's going to find out really quickly, and he played at the weekend in the win, yes, yep. under the new managers, only right. second game from Nuno Espirito Santo. But bearing in mind the transfer window opens in January, Correct. he's going to find out quickly what the manager's thoughts are. Because there's no doubt that, that Nuno Espirito Santo will go to the Greek corner at Forest and say, look, we want to stay up, we need a wide guy, we need this, we need that, we need three or four players. Now, we'll find out quickly what the manager's thoughts are in every position, mm -hmm. but particularly the goalkeeping position if they go out. If, 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 if a goalkeeper is available with Premier League experience and they go for that move, then that's... Now, we, we, you know, when, when you talk about Garnacho, and sometimes opportunities arise to you, yeah. if, 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 a, if a deal doesn't happen and he's then able to play that out and he's able to perform at that level, great. But there's a point where you have to, it, you have to take it in your own hands and you have to say, I will prove to you that I am here. Yeah. And, and yeah. he's had multiple opportunities now, Mario. Sometimes you right. have to go to your coach, I agree. You know, sometimes you have to go to your coach. And it doesn't come always down to, because sometimes people talk about it, and you could be uh, second choice uh, when, you know, like like Rex said, when the windows open, if, if you're on the books and he says, I want a new goalkeeper. But sometimes you want to go to your coach and also challenge him in the sense of like, yeah, put, put yourself forward and make sure that you be part of it. Because Nuno is new and he wants to activate now. So now is your timing to either hear where you are or you be in a situation that later on you might scratch your head and say like, oh, why I never spoke to him because he doesn't like me anymore. Well, I, Dan, I almost on, on that point, I almost made a move to a Premier League club. Which one? I'm not saying. And why not? but it was a situation where but you were at a Premier League club more than one. Well, true, but it was, it, it, was a, it was a different club. Why is it a secret? Uh, it's not a secret. I almost went to Southampton. At ah. And, yeah, I wouldn't have mentioned that. And then, and then at the point, but but there was a <laughs> there was point, guy. and then, and then the goalkeeper went on a run, right, and basically changed the manager's mind that he didn't need to make that move. So Antiniemi was that back? No, it was it was previous to that. Uh -huh. But it, but so it was. It, it's a case where then that so the opportunity came, took it, changed the manager's mind, and then ended up having you know multiple good years at the club. So yeah. sometimes you got to yeah. do it yourself. Nobody else can do it but you. You'd think somebody that worked at Southampton would know you would have the thought. goalkeepers. Yeah. Well, Niemi was the goalkeeper when I was there. Yeah, but you would have a bit of knowledge about you know previous goalkeepers. Well, and Bruce Grobola. <laughs> well, we no. going back. Peter Shelton. It's only because I like Niemi because of the Talksport phone-in when the guy was like, "Oh, we really need him to. We need someone good to play for Scotland." And he's like, well, what about Niemi? He could come in. <laughs> and then the, 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 the presenter's like, he's finished. He's finished. He's not finished. I seen him play. He's yeah. still got it. <laughs> oh, phone-ins. We should have some phone-ins. We should have people phoning in. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, we'd have to be a we'd have to be a dump button. Yeah, there would be for, a... the, uh, for the the <laughs> language. Final question: Who's more likely to get sacked, Ten Hag or Eddie Howe? Oh. Uh, Ooh. Uh, 
Oh. Go on, Mario. That's a that's so tough. That's a really tricky one because I don't think I don't think Eddie Howe is there yet. On that, I think Ten Hag was closer at discussion, but because of the takeover, people might say they want to rush it um, because of adding the 25%, you know, but uh, Radcliffe bought. Um, I think <sighs> the 3-2, this game gave him a lot more time. Mm. <laughs> it's so tough. <laughs> 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 struggling, right. guys. I'm, I'm going to say Ten Hag. Ten Hag? Yeah, just a, I, I'm just going to just. Uh, Mario, we need an answer. We need an answer. Ten Hag, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah Ten Hag uh, is the one that's the, the 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 highest in both of them. But the, yeah, I have to be. So, like, when are you Greg, when are you coming when are you, you coming back me. to the states, <laughs> Mario? When, when are you I'm coming, coming back? back? I'm coming we back miss you, man. I'm coming back oh, yeah. in a couple of weeks, my friend. Oh, beautiful! Uh, I, um, you need to get back in shape. Uh, uh, Wow. <laughs> you, you, look as if you look as if you've been living well in Holland there, you know. I'm telling I'm telling you, Greg, if you live here, I'm trying to get it's good life. <laughs> Greg, if you were I can Dutch see that. Boy, if you were a Dutch boy like me, you would do the same thing, my friend. Uh, Remember those days when we were not allowed to go on a break? We were not going on a break. It's breathing it. Let me see if you can close that jacket. Let me see if you can close that jacket. <laughs> Let me Does see if you can close that jacket. <laughs> What do you mean you did not button up? I don't know, you see me straining slightly to get the button done up. Get me back on that camera. <laughs> get me back on that camera. Okay, there we go. On, watch this. Oh, oh. Watch, watch. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay, oh. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Yeah, what happens when you breathe out? <laughs> uh, that is it, thank you very much. Uh, congratulations to Tommy, 30 years at ESPN. And what a treat to direct us to celebrate that. Goodness gracious yeah. me. Thank you to Mario, to Casey and to Craig. We will be back. Uh, tomorrow, Casey will be back tomorrow. Uh, Kay will be here as well. Shaka joining her to reflect on those two big games in the uh, in the Premier League. <clears throat> We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com FC. Just go to Indeed.com FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 